0: yes oh yes oh yes this is episode number 10 of the midlife crisis podcast my name is jim whalen here at chops family sports in matawan new jersey dave sturchio is here uh he's also on social media if you're interested in podcasting or if you have any questions on that you can find him at chop sports on all the social media outlets you can also find me on facebook at midlife crisis podcast also at whalebones on x and uh on instagram um Hubert Brown was episode number two here. He said out of 450,000 varsity high school basketball players, there's one division one scholarship. Um, the odds are making it a slim, but however sport does do a lot for a person's character, success or failure, overcoming failure, teamwork, physical exercise, social interaction, goal creation. It also, um, creates alumni base, athletic athletic, uh, are also good supporters of the school. They usually give back. Uh, lastly, you're making great memories with uh, with the university and also the people. That when you win together, you lose together. There's, there's a bond. Uh, I'd like to thank my uh, cousin, Megan Houston Rose. Uh, she connected with my next guest. I wanted to get her on. She's in the college planning um, business. She has a company called College Solutions Windmere based out of Florida. She's booked up, so if you want to check her out, if you want to uh, have a son or daughter interested in college, she's very good. Megan's dad was a, uh, a great coach in Middletown South High School. Uh, he owned coach, coach of the Year for Star-Ledger, in the local paper in New Jersey, back in 78 uh, 79 when his team uh, went toe-to-toe with uh, Milt Wagner and David Thompson in Camden, one of the great Camden rivalries. Uh, he went double overtime. Unfortunately, he lost, but uh, it was definitely uh, one, probably one of the greatest games in New New jersey basketball history my next guest uh helps student athletes and gives them college notice and if you're if your child's looking to get involved in sports be a manager in sports he would be somebody you would, you would uh, want to go to i talked enough on that without any further here's dave morris uh well listen dave thanks for your time and uh you know thanks for meeting with me i got your information from uh megan houston rose my cousin so i was gonna do an episode about uh, like college planning especially you know, I have two kids in college. Uh, they didn't, they didn't really want to pursue um, that direction as far as going into uh, athletics. But you know, Megan referred me to you and said, you know, you're the guy to go to. So if you could just tell me a little bit I'm about, wonderful. yeah, just tell a little bit about yourself, and then uh, you know what, and you work for a college athletic advising. and I mean, kind of just getting some maybe some tips and and uh, you know what things you could do.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I, uh, I'm Steve Morris. I, um, based out of Tumwater, Washington, just South of Olympia. And, uh, you know, I spent 20 plus years as a college coach and, uh, I have the dubious resume of having coached at every division, like NAI, NCAA D3, division one, two, uh, and in every time zone. Okay. So uh, and I was mostly a college soccer coach. Also did some lacrosse, but anyway, uh, and was a high school, before that. Coached high school basketball, like bantam midget hockey. You know.
0: Okay, so he, he did the gauntlet. So
1: <laughs> a little bit. So coach yeah. youth soccer. You know, I coached a team that won, we were Wisconsin went to regionals, U uh, nineteen level out of Wisconsin, in and girls soccer. I mean, I've I've coached the club side, yeah. uh, different sports, college side, high school side. And, uh, you know, also, if you're a college soccer coach, that's not really a full time gig a lot of places. Right. So I also ran the School of Education, a couple different schools, wrote accreditation documents, you know, NCAA compliance, student athlete advisory committees. I've I've kind of worn a lot of hats over the years. So um, what happened is you get to a point where you realize that, you know, kind of what I'd always said, I suppose, which is that kids know more about the $3,000 car they kind of chugged to college in than they do about the $300,000 education they're on the hook for. And I think that's crazy. I've always thought that. yeah, And, uh, you know, so I decided to go into practice to try to sort of fight that and also to help kids. There's so much, you know, families get to, you know, your kid gets to be about 14 and or 15 and, and, and competitive athletics, you know, you kind of slide in, nobody plans to do youth soccer and fly all over the place or AAU basketball. It's not when your kid's like six or seven and they, they kind of like playing, you know, or maybe yeah. ten and somebody says, Hey, your kid's pretty good. You don't think about that. You sort of, sl- yeah. you sort of generally fall into it and yeah. then you start thinking about college and then there's a million people trying to take you. The whole system's based on stress and kind of, uh, FOMO, really? I mean, yeah. you know, nobody's going to commit to a college as a sophomore if there's not a lot of stress and FOMO involved, right? They would, okay.
0: but kids are starting to commit earlier just to kind of get the decision out, and then also kids are also kind of reneging on. I guess it's well, like like a verbal a commitment.
1: Yeah, there's a two sided thing, right? You get verbal commitments. So to me, what what I the college athletic advisor does, and that's my it's basically I'm college. Is uh, you know we try to pull the stress, like lift your burden a little bit, because when you understand the process, then you're in charge of it, and it's this it's positive stress, right? It's like oh I have options and they're good ones, and this is how I can find mm-hmm. out what my options are, because there's so much sort of uh, garbage in the atmosphere, recruiting services and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like cutting through the noise is so hard. Um, and that's what we really do for people is help them kind of cut through the noise and then get up, ask the right people, the right questions. So like, if you want to know whether you can play, uh, you know, kids ask me all the time, like, well, how do I know if I'm a D one college athlete? And I'm like, you know, I think it's kind of, I don't think that's a great question. You know, there's 350 something division one schools, depending on what day of the week it is. Yeah. <laughs> and if one of those coaches in one of those sports wants you, you're a D one athlete, but yeah. there's. A huge variation between the top of D one and the bottom of D one. It's a bigger. There's more variation within each division than there is between the top teams in Division one, two, II, and three in most sports. So,
0: yeah. so like coming up, um, usually around spring break time, or, or you know, in January, February, or in spring break time, everybody. When you're a sophomore, junior, a lot of uh, a lot of families take that spring break and they visit a college. Is that a good thing to do? Because, you know, I've heard, well, college, right. Is is that a session? You know, you're really going to get the full experience or is that a bad thing to do? But like, what would you tell your clients that about when you, would you start, you know, like what grade would you start visiting? And, you know, what time of year would you start
1: visiting? Well, I think you want to be organic about, you know, it depends on each kid's different. Right. So one of the things people ask is like, is it too late? You know, my kid's a junior, my kid's fall of senior year. It's, January, you know, my kid's a second semester senior now. Is it too late to get recruited? And the answer is – the short answer is no, right? There's colleges that are going to recruit right up till July for August. However, uh, that's not optimal. The other part is the visits need to be a little bit organic. If your kid's not really interested in college and they're not talking about it and people aren't talking about it to them, uh, you know, maybe – I'm a big fan of kind of like, hey, you got a soccer tournament somewhere, right, and you're within – a couple miles of a college well why don't you go kind of walk through the campus and just look at the people and go have lunch you know there's probably yeah. a restaurant right there somewhere where yeah. the kids eat and you could watch them in their own natural habitat you don't have to go do the admissions tour or something right and now you're normalizing college and you're giving a, a kid who's 15 or 16 and really has never left home uh this is what college could look like right and the you know, you know. My thing is try to pick. You know, somewhere sophomore year, uh, junior year, you you got to be a little careful because if a, if a kid's not ready to take that in, I think it's hard to sort of drag them, right? Okay. Uh, but when they're when they're ready, or when you know, if coaches are talking to them and they need to be able to at least start thinking about it, you know, it doesn't have to be the college they're eventually going to go to. Start with like there's probably a large college within an hour or two of where you live. There's probably a sort of a middle-sized college and there's probably a small college, you know, the thousand or 2000 students go just see the campus, walk through, watch when classes get out. What does that look like? You know, what's the, what, what, where, what, what are the kids look like? Cause one of the things I tell clients all the time is, you know, when you go visit a school, look at those students, right? Because, when you get to a school and you think, man, those people look really cool, I want to look like that when I grow up, yeah. you're in the right place. Okay. Because okay. you know what? You go to school there after four years, that's what you're going to look like.
0: <laughs> more, more likely. But well, like, you know, social media is big, but like, should the parents contact a coach to say, for instance, like, uh, you know, you have a lot of these programs, you have like niche and everything else that you plot everything in and it, come, it spits out when a bunch of schools, that, you know, you, um, uh, or, or that you can line up with, I mean, who should contact the, the coach? If or you're, for
1: the recruiting process, coaches want to talk to the, the student. They don't want to yeah. talk to mom and dad. Right. And, and honestly, it's a great life lesson, prep your kid, but you gotta, I mean, you gotta let them go. So, yeah. you know, like read the email, make sure it's not, make sure it's going to function. Right sit with them and, and do a practice phone call, right? Or however you want to do that. But ultimately, the other thing is kids get so scared of talking to a college coach. Think about how you get to be a college coach, man. Yeah. These guys, they talk to 16-year-olds all day long and yeah. on Sunday. They're great at it. In about two minutes, the kid's going to be super comfortable and have a great time. I One of the things, it's, it's a huge stressor for kids who haven't done it yet, and once they talk to a coach and they realize kind of what they're in for, um, then I think it becomes much less stressful because the coaches are good at talking to young people. Okay. If you're and, not, you're going to have a short career,
0: right? Yeah, like well, that. That, that's true too. I mean, I know emails a lot, and then they're like, uh, well, like social media is big. I know a lot of parents. Well, social media th- is really
1: big because it's yeah. a big money maker. So yeah. obviously, Twitter is going to tell you Twitter is really important, and Facebook's going to. And there's no question that coaches – look, coaches want to meet people where they are, right? So being on social media is where a lot of young people are. That said, not every coach is on every social media, right? There's coaches who are on Twitter. There's coaches who are on TikTok. uh, Not that I would know because I've stayed off of TikTok. uh, But, like, Instagram or whatever, every single coach, if their boss wants – if the athletic director wants to talk to you, they're using email. Yeah. And the email on the coach's phone, so you know. Yes, you can use social media if you're using it anyway. If you have, a, if you're a young, if you're a student, and you, you know, you're on social media all the time and you're playing around with whatever it is this week, then you know the college coaches that you can connect with on social media. That's great, but uh, you know, just like I don't think it's a good idea to start a new email account. Because for college searches, because what ends up happening is now you have an email that's a job to check, and okay. if you don't check it, it's it's hurting you, right? Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Kids
1: who start social media because of recruiting, it's just a. It, I, one of the young men that I worked with who was who you know was big on Twitter and and it helped his recruiting. He said it was like having an extra girlfriend. <laughs> you know, people are you know they're DMing and you yeah. got to be on there and you got to yeah. respond. If you don't, they think you don't yeah. like them. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's,
0: it's it's access all access all the time. And if you don't get back to them right away, it's like, well, you know, how can be not getting back to me soon enough? So it's just yeah.
1: right. And I think if you're not on there, if it's not something you enjoy doing, email them because they check their email. If they ignore yeah. you on email, they're ignoring you. Yeah. If they ignore you on Twitter, they're maybe ignoring you, but it may be that they're just not – some of the coaches – you know, the coaches run the gamut of being good at it or not or having more time or less. I I think if you're on there, you can certainly, you know, put your schedule on there and stuff, and it can help you. But, you know, if a really intelligent, tight email sent to a coach, you know, four or five sentences, you know, this is why, here's my video, here's my – you know, if you're running – Here's my times. I I think coaches, you know, like they really like that. Now, if you try to write an old fashioned, you know, three page, who's read a three page email in the last year or two? And yeah, like, nobody,
0: nobody. So, n- nobody. <laughs> so coaches so
1: don't either. Yeah.
0: So just uh I know every sports differently, and you probably do do the gauntlet of sports. But like, should you go to like uh, some of these camps, like? Uh, I know, like football. Each each university will have like a a football camp, and they say that between junior and senior year, you know, soccer they might have these showcase tournaments. And of course, you get these high level. So, like,
1: well, I think you got to not you got to be careful. You can't equate, you know, a camp like a football ID camp type thing or a soccer ID camp with like you know a.
0: a surf it's more company. like it's more like a showcase. you say, right. Like, if like, you're I'm going.
1: Here. To me, the ID camp thing, you know, it was – I used to tell people, you know, f- before COVID, mm. uh, there's really two camps, right? If there's 100 kids, there's one camp that's got about 90 kids in it, and they're paying to be there, and nobody really cares whether they're there or not, except that the cash – the check clear. And then there's, like, 10 kids the coach recruited to be there that they're trying to evaluate. Yeah. Now, if you blow those 10 kids away, the coach might notice you, but it's it's hard to do that. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that used to be the math in my head, like, are the, you know, if you're the kid that they're really trying to get there, you know, like that might actually have some value because there are coaches who really do want to see you on their campus, have you meet the team. And that's the way they do it. Now, fast forward to 2024. Uh, there's only one camp. There's a hundred kids paying. I did one school. They did a bunch of, they're, they're an East coast school. They did three camps in one summer in California. They filled them all up. 400, 450 kids, whatever it was, and they didn't recruit a single kid out of that camp. It was just cash and checks. Oh, uh, I don't – I think, you know, you look at, like, University of Texas spends, uh, what, 700 well, – it was almost a million dollars in a weekend. It was, like, $700,000 for four players to visit and their families. And, like, oh, wow. the Jeez. athletic <laughs> big thing about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, okay, look, soccer coaches don't spend that kind of money, right? They're, it's a totally different budget. But I think you've got to really kind of look in the mirror. Do you think you go from $700 million spent on hospitality and video taking care of recruits to, oh yeah, I'll recruit you, pay me 200 bucks. Like, I just think that's a bridge too far these days. Like if you're recruiting somebody, you want them to come to campus. You want them, that's not, you're not asking them for money too. Um, It doesn't mean it never happens, but like, I don't think the camp, if their coach is not talking to you and you're not being actively recruited, I don't, I don't see the camp thing as being a, a, an avenue. Now, I think it's really important in a lot of sports, whether it's it's basketball with AAU or it's soccer with, you know, MLS Next or ECNL or whatever. You've got to play where the college coaches are watching because they value seeing you.
0: Yeah,
1: and that that's what you've got to do. Football, I, you know, like. Football's all about video, right? I mean, every you can have your whole season in five minutes.
0: Yeah, well, they got the it's, huddle accounts and,
1: and all these other things that they can yeah they can, and, can, you know, and, and so that's gonna determine. And then coaches will say, Hey, come visit or whatever, and they'll do these visit yeah. days. But the, I don't think the camps are are real big for that. I, I think the camps are moneymaker now where it can be valuable, partially it's like, you know, if it's fifty bucks to do three hours at Emory or whatever, and you like Emory. Well, why not go see the campus and meet yeah. the kids and meet the yeah. coach? Like, You know, and, and will it help you get recruited? Probably not. But is it worth it? You know, there's a shallow play for sure. If it's some kind of crazy thing where it's $1,000 and you got to fly in there and you're like investing all this money and like, a, no, then it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, so Creighton Baseball, should give them a shout out. They do a video of every pitcher at their, they do like a little one day ID camp, whatever they call it. And uh, they do a video breakdown where the coach like gets on and they break it down. There's little circles and arrows and your foot's not flat. You know, when you land, And if you do this, you can get more speed. I mean, it was really interesting. And every kid walks away with that video. To yeah. me, that was, that was nice. You're not getting recruited at Creighton maybe, but it's like, yeah. it's well, really, if you want to you be get, a better player. And
0: then, you know, obviously the, the high athletes are going to have their choice of schools, but like, the middle of the road, or somebody who just wants to continue playing, like what? You know, obviously, Division One, you're probably going to get a lot of uh, you're probably going to athletic scholarship. What does like D two or D three offer?
1: Well, I mean, here's for the, a
0: student student athlete.
1: Yeah, let's talk about why college like, colleges have athletics <laughs> primarily because college it's the best student support program they ever accidentally invented. Like it's kid. student athletes have better GPAs than regular students. They graduate at a higher rate and they give back as alums at a higher rate. It's literally the best student support program they ever invented. And it's the cheapest. Like there's, athletics costs you like some fraction of what it would cost to support students without athletics. So it's really an amazingly cost effective student support program. So that's the first piece with division one you know there's definitely uh and, and within division 1 you know there're schools that are really monetizing their athletic program you, know, you look at the big Ten, and their the conference payout's going to grow go up to what 100 million a year or something some crazy number. Yeah. And, uh and uh,
0: it, i think like a lot of like different conferences pool the money you know, right like, well all like, the 10, conferences
1: yeah they they and then they have a payout and if it's you know fifty million or a hundred million dollars a year, I mean those schools are, are interested in the media value and that kind of thing. And there's the flutie, you know, the, they used to call it the fluty factor, right? Like, you know, if you're if you're Florida Atlantic and you go to the Final Four, all of a sudden more people apply to your school. Yeah. Tulane had a great football season; they, their yeah. applications went up, and it's really helped them. Yeah. Um, and so they are doing that too. So in Division One, and there's in Division One, there's headcount sports, and there's equivalency sports. So if you're a headcount sport, and that's football, men's and women's basketball, and then, like, women's tennis, gymnastics, and um, I'm forgetting oh, – uh, tennis, gymnastics, and women's volleyball. In Division One, those are headcount sports. They can't split those scholarships. If you get a scholarship, like an FBS scholarship, it's a full-boat scholarship. Yeah. So – that's a little different, right? D2, D3. D2 is like all equivalencies. And then we'll talk about D3 in a second. NAIA, they're all equivalencies. You, they can give you, you know, they, they have they have some total and then they can split it up however they want. In the NAIA, the, there's no real limit. I mean, the school really wants to give you some money. They can. Yeah, um, and that's they can call a nice it perks. Well, hmm. it is and it isn't. It's because, hmm. like, I can call it an athletic scholarship. A merit scholarship, an endowment scholarship, a discount, a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon, it all doesn't go in your bank account, right? You're spending, yeah. the, the thing about equivalency scholarships is you're paying. So, you know, like if you go buy a car, they can call it a rebate, a discount, a write-off. It doesn't really matter what they call it or even how big it is. What matters is like, what are you paying? Yeah. And so one of the things about Division Two and Division Three is generally speaking, you have a market value as a student and as a student athlete, and you're going to pay the same thing to go to, you know, Fairfield in division one, as you're going to pay to go to Middlebury in division three.
0: Yeah.
1: Cause that they can't, if they're going to admit you, they can't then charge you a bunch extra and expect you to show up. So, and so Fairfield, the coach has some control over how much money you get. Um, You know, same thing at like division two, if you're talking about Colorado mines or assumption or something, and then in Division three, the coach can't really the coach doesn't have the, the sign off on that. But you know they can say, look, this is the point guard we really want. Uh, and the admissions director at uh, Emory, when I was there at Oxford Emory, said he had a great line. He said, "Listen, if we have a like if we have a biology program, we're going to have to get some bio kids, right? And if yeah. we have a basketball program, we need a point guard. It <laughs> might not be the point guard you really want, yeah. but we are going to get you one." Yeah. So. You know, they're going to and they're going to make it affordable. Oftentimes playing in Division three, even though they don't call it an athletic scholarship, it's going to be cheaper than playing in Division two or Division one because the schools. They're Division three because they they fund everybody. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The other thing is people say, oh, well, there's no athletic scholarships in Division three. The rule, this is a written rule. To be compliant with that, no athletic scholarships. You're not allowed to give more than five percent more to your athletes in total than you give to your regular student body. Yeah, so that,
0: that's <laughs> interesting. And then I the mean, average
1: discount is fifty four percent.
0: Yeah, I mean, college. I went to a Division three school, and the basketball players got uh, grants. Like they you know they got they got a, a grant for each semester, but they also had to keep. They they do like work study or they had a, you know, they had to give back in, in some, some regard.
1: Well, and they had some of the scholarships were grants, some were oh. works. You know, maybe they got a little bit of priority to get maximum work study money, but then you got to do the work. And then you know, Wisconsin got in trouble for that.
0: Yeah. And Title nine, like um, it's been 50 years. Uh, has that, you know, has that leveled off as far as uh? You know, funding or anything else as far as different programs, or is it is it across the board? It has Title Nine? If you have, say, you, have, you know, I think it's
1: up. it's a you know the arc. What is it? The arc of justice is is long, but it bends toward, or the arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. It's a very long arc. Um, yeah. You know, women look in 1970, whatever, nobody had teams, right now, or very few, yeah. and now you know, I mean, look at women's basketball. There's everybody's got teams, and yeah. so title nine has been huge and and it wouldn't have happened without title nine. Um, but there's also some things. I mean, title nine, as far as legally has legally defined equality as not equality, right? Like you don't have to give women the same amount of money you give guys. You don't have to have equitable. And in fact, you can do things like have a, a TV contract where women's basketball and softball provide all the value, but you call it a baseball contract and you can, mm-hmm. Give baseball the money um so it's not totally we're not all the way to equity okay.
0: um,
1: but i also think you know the schools have figured out you know what what they need to do to be compliant with title nine and they 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 want to be compliant i don't think there's a lot of schools still fighting about it um yeah. you know but and i don't know that the department of ed is super fired up i mean the enforcement mechanism is pretty minimal I mean, if yeah. a school doesn't comply with Title IX, someone has to then go to the Department of Ed and complain about it, and then you know, depending on which administration it is, how motivated they are to investigate yeah. it, things, and like an that an investigation and time lapses, and yeah, it, it's, it, I think it's it, it's, but it's definitely. I think at the collegiate level, um, you know, there's more and more opportunity for women, and I think the college, the thing that's moving college women's sports forward now, is that the schools have figured out that they make money. Like you, you make money by bringing in students, better students. And then in the division one level, I mean, obviously like in women's basketball and women's softball yeah. and, and hockey, I mean, they're, you know, like it's a mar- women's soccer championship is huge. Like those are programs that, you know, generate a reasonable amount of revenue or have the potential to, if you invest, you know, like if you're Yukon and you invest in women's basketball, you'll make that investment back yeah so yeah. i think that's as much a motivation as anything i think the colleges have realized that hey these are marketable athletes for nil the women are making they're some of the top earners right yeah
0: and like what, what getting back to like what are some of the c- common mistakes like parents and athletes make during the process like you you kind of see that that had to be correct well i
1: think the the first thing is is really um kind of Asking their local high school coach or their club coach, like, oh, well, where should I play in college? Where, am I good enough? And that, you know, there's asking the barber for, it, like, does he think you need a haircut? <laughs> um And asking the local coach, like, they just don't, no local coach has enough of a global understanding of college athletics to really help you that much. They know the schools down the street. And if all you want to do is go down the street, they may be able to help you. But if you're looking more globally, there's 2,000 colleges playing basketball, there's almost 2000 playing soccer, there's, you know, 1500 softball programs. I mean, they just don't know. So yeah. the, the way to get that answer is to figure out what are the best fit colleges for you. I think it's a two sided process. And then let's talk, you know, email coaches like, hey, take a look at my video or hear my times. And you can compare yourself a little bit. Like, you know, if, if you're not, uh, you know, if you're not, one of the better like if you're not an all-conference whatever or you're not qualifying for state and track or you know like it's pretty tough stanford's probably going to be a bridge too far right yeah so you know but there's other schools besides all the attention in colleges is based on this very narrow kind of list at the top if you went to a d3 school you know there's a ton of amazing colleges nobody goes to our nobody's heard of arcadia university they're doing a great job it's a great school. They send kids abroad. They do all kinds of cool stuff. And, you know, they're over in, in outside Philly. It's a nice school. Yeah. And yeah. people just don't know about it. And there's a million of those. So, you know, you got to reach out to coaches and be somewhat – I hate to use the word aggressive because people interpret it as like, oh, I, I want to go to Duke, so I'm going to be aggressively emailing Duke every other day. That's not that kind of aggressive. But be aggressive in terms of identifying schools – at different levels and having a balanced, you know, send out 15 emails, hit some D1s, hit some D2s, hit some D3s, hit an NAI school or two, mm-hmm. you know, and see what you get back.
0: Yeah. I guess and, like the, the old adage is of reach target safety. So just kind of, yeah. You
1: know, and like, I think those
0: are the, th- those are the three aspects in, in college. like
1: Yeah. And I think, I guess I like to look at it as like talent. The other thing is recognize that talent evaluation is completely bonkers and broken. Like, Look at look at football. I mean, look, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. I don't know when this is going to hit the ground or whatever, but we're we've got, you know, like look at who the quarterbacks are. that are taking teams to the Super Bowl. You've got Mm -hmm. billions of dollars. Every smart guy knows his whole career is about identifying quarterback. They got videotape of everything the guy's done since he turned 11. Right. They can if they want to take blood urine samples whatever <laughs> private investigators make yeah. them take 50 different tests yeah. right get them on the field and do all, and and like what are they batting exactly identifying quarterbacks like pretty close yeah. to like 95 percent yeah. wrong there's I mean, a lot
0: more misses than there are makes that's yeah sure, so.
1: now now think about a college coach like take a college soccer coach or a college basketball coach there's one or two guys right doing the recruiting at every school. There's 17,000 high school teams plus all the AAU teams or club teams or whatever, uh, plus the whole world, right, because there's internationals. Yeah. So they're watching somebody for 15 minutes and making a decision. Like, you got to recognize that they're not – it's not really about, like, if a coach says, hey, you can't play here, or my fa- the other thing is don't take them literally. Like, they're not going to say that. They're going to say, like, oh, yeah, we're full. You're a little too yeah weird. And you need to appreciate – you don't want college coaches looking kids in the eye and saying, Hey, you suck. Right. That's not yeah. a useful thing. Yeah. But you also have to remember when they say you're too late, you're too late for them. <laughs> you're not too yeah. late for the process. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can also like something changes out of a, a fencing recruit, a fencing student athlete. And she was told by Duke and Columbia, You know, you're just a little too late. And she said, What do I do? I said, You got to, you have your zonal big tournament coming up. And in, in fencing, you compete against the college kids. Like stick the pointy end in the college kids a couple times. Let's see what happens. Well, she won hmm. the tournament, so all of a sudden, Duke had a spot open up for her. Oh, for, you know, like <laughs> it's not. Don't worry about it. You know, you're going to find your spot. There's just like because one of the things is you'll hear these stats only five percent or two percent or whatever it is going to go. But eighty percent of the student athletes in high school self-select. They go, you know what? I'm done. It's time Mm -hmm. to do something else. So if you want to play, there's a spot for you. And really, you know, you want to get engaged as a sophomore or junior in that process. Just because a coach can't respond, in most sports, they can't talk to you until the summer between your sophomore and junior year. You know, hockey, they can go earlier. Baseball, it's like September. But um, you can email them. There's no NCAA violation for you to talk to them. You can call them until they answer the phone, and you can talk to them. Yeah. Uh, What about like?
0: Yeah. And what about like current trends you see? Like, is transferring uh, a thing now? The transfer
1: portal has gotten, I think, a lot of attention. And there was a COVID. You know, so everybody got an extra year or two (laughs) for Mm -hmm. COVID. And they were guys – I mean, everybody knows they were, like, guys who were ready to they're, – they're, like, practically ready for Social Security, and they yeah. still have eligibility. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's that's kind of – that bubble's gone now, mm. right? So now when you hear about kids transferring, um, like, Syracuse just signed, like, 11 kids out of the transfer portal or 10 kids out of the transfer portal for soccer. And it's like, oh, that's taking all these spots. Well, no, it's not. Every kid they took in the transfer portal just opened a spot up. Yeah. Like, well, it's they're a not way, in Syracuse. Yeah, But the other part yeah. is that's for, so those kids are coming in this spring. You know, what's going to happen in Syracuse in May. Some of those kids are going to leave. And the NCAA limit on tra- What's happened is the NCAA limit on transferring has been, they're now subject to a temporary restraining order. So they can't limit how many times you transfer. Yeah. I don't know what the courts are going to do with that. I, there's yeah, a, like- a legal landscape that's changed, but, in terms of transferring, like I think it's created a situation where it's even more important for you to really get to know the coach a little bit and and make your best choice for kind of we used to call it the broken leg test, right? Find the right school where you're gonna be happy no matter what. Yeah, that's gonna give you the resilience if things are difficult freshman because it you know, not everybody goes to college and starts their freshman year, you know. Like you just think about nobody expects to start freshman year high school. And then they graduate high school and they think, oh, well, I'll just go start at you know Michigan or something. That's not how it works. Yeah. So there's there's a, there is a lot of transferring, but I think the other part is there used to be it, was, it just wasn't tallied. You know, kids would quit after freshman year. They'd be like, yeah, college sports isn't for me, which is perfectly fine. Um, and nobody was really keeping track of that. Now they go in the portal and then they quit. Yeah. So there are kids that go in the portal and don't go anywhere. But I think a lot of that is like, they look around and they're like, yeah, this isn't none of the, I, I'd rather just go to school at X place and not yeah. play. Um,
0: and
1: what about like, kids uh, also transfer and find a good, you know, and I think it's important, you know, coaches were able to leave. Right. And kids were stuck and that wasn't fair. Yeah.
0: You yeah, know, well, that's, that's true too. But like what, like, um, what about like support staff? I mean, some of these institutions have, you know, uh, ball boys and managers and everything else. I mean, do you help with that too as well? Like as oh, far I as can. like, hey, like listen, I know I'm not good enough to play here, but academically I can go here. So do you help with that and say, hey, what should I say or do and say, do you have any open positions in? Or if I want to go into sports management or I want to be a coach or or something like that, like, uh, you know, you're not really the athlete, but you want to still be around the sport.
1: Well, and that was my path right i went to michigan because red berenson who had just been hired as the hockey coach said i could come and help with filming and be a manager and when i visited michigan i went and saw him and he said yeah sure so i definitely have clients where we talk about like analytics that's one of the big ones is the sports analytics piece i think that's a growth you know if you're a good math student everybody wants yeah um and i think you know there's certainly places and you can be strategic about and colleges, there's there's schools like North Carolina where they have scholarships for managers.
0: Yeah, I mean a lot of them do, or that you know limited, but you might work work your way up to it, like they might offer a junior or senior year. So
1: yeah, or well, there's I mean it just depends on the program. A lot of them will I mean they'll pay you work study, but they'll also there's schools that will on the way in scholarship you as a manager. You know, yeah. they have a certain number. You know, they're usually not big, big scholarships, but some of I mean, them. All, I mean, North Carolina—they were full ride. You know, Dean Smith famously had full ride scholarship managers.
0: I don't well, know if they still
1: do it, but um, well, I, I mean, suspect- I,
0: if, I'm some other places are doing. It, but uh, just get back to you, like, like what do you offer? Some of some somebody sees this and like, where can they find you, and what do you offer? Well, they can athletes. find me. It's
1: collegeathleticadvisor.com. I'm on the yeah. web. If you type college athletic advisor into Google, I seem to come up. I'm kind of proud of that because I don't do any marketing. or <laughs> I don't understand the internet. Right. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, that's how you find me. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter, CA coach, Dave, Instagram, college athletic advisor, Facebook, um, you know, or you can just email Dave at college athletic com. Right. Uh, I'm, my cell numbers on the internet, <laughs> Yeah. Be, I'm a brave man, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the um, what I really do is it's really there's a, there's three parts, kind of the developmental triangle. We're 360 degree support at College Athletic Advisor, okay. so I can help you with your uh, you know recruiting process and communication and decoding like when do you start, what pieces do we need to create to get coaches' attention, those kind of, those kinds of sort of standard recruiting questions, and then. The second part is the academic, like how do you make sure your academic plans, you know, meet NCAA requirements, align with, you know, if you want to go play at Harvard, you know, you probably need to take calculus, you know, or if not, you got to think about, you got to be strategic. Um, Make sure your coursework aligns with your academic goals for your future.
0: And when should somebody like reach out to you as far as like
1: when? Um, when I think. You know, look. I'll work with kids. I have transfer clients. I've got clients who come in as seniors and juniors. I think ideally freshman, sophomore, because we can have a meeting really too about talk about academic planning. The longer you wait, the more the academic ship is sailed before we talk. Yeah. Most parents yeah. like when I look at the kid and I say, "Listen, I'm telling you this as a college coach. Every tenth of a GPA point that you raise your GPA is going to help you. You know, whether you're going from 2.7 to 2.8." or 3.8 to 3.9, more schools, better schools, cheaper schools, like every time. Uh, The other thing I do is a lot of strategic planning for your development as a student athlete. So, like, making sure, you know, if you're a basketball player and you're not getting a lot of playing time, you know, how what do we do? Like, do you plant your feet? Like, strength and conditioning, outside coaching. Uh, Do you need to transfer? I just helped a kid transfer. Like, he got cut at his high school. Uh, transferred to another high school. Now he's averaging 12 points a game. Like, you know, everybody's different, how they evaluate Mm -hmm. talent. If you want to have a future, you got to play, right? You can't go to college Mm -hmm. after not playing. So uh, pieces like that, things like mental skills, coaching, you know, I'll refer people for sports psychology things like that. Um, Also just monitoring your health. I mean, we had one client who, you know, his shoulder was bugging him and he was kind of playing through it. And the trainer said he could play through it, just rest it. And after we talked, I was like, You need a second opinion, because I'm I, I think you got a labrum issue.
0: Yeah.
1: Sure enough, um, so I I was able to refer him to the one of the orthopedic people that the Giants, San Francisco Giants use. And sure enough, he had surgery because we caught it and we didn't wait for the trainer to figure it out three months down the line. He was able to fully recover and have a senior season play yeah instead of sitting right. out and so there's all of those are part of the pieces because people you know they talk about well it's like I, it's just emailing and code well you're not a widget you know like you didn't come out of the factory and that's what you are like you could decide <laughs> yeah. you know you could you could decide to change you know your level of performance yeah
0: and then uh as far as like with that like injuries like do you see a lot of that now because it's like a lot of these kids are playing like 12 months out of the year and playing one sport 12 months of the year? Should they, should they change it up? Um, you know, like I said, like or, is Urban Meyer or Nick Saban said, I don't recruit somebody who only plays one sport. Um, but you think that, uh, you know, mo- you, you should, uh, by, by I, mean, I guess depends
1: by- on, some of it depends on the sport, right? Football guys, first question every football coach asks is what else do you play? Because hmm. the kid that they want to recruit is the best athlete in the whole school. And If they're not playing okay. basketball or track or something, like, they're not athletic enough. Okay, is the concern. Um, they make obviously make exceptions, like they say that stuff, and then you
0: know. yeah.
1: But I think yeah. uh, there's other sports where, like soccer, where it's 12 months a year, and there's a lot of pressure to specialize. I don't think it necessarily helps to do that. I think that it depends on the student, and it depends on the environment, and you know, like I, I always think playing high school, playing a second sport is usually a good thing, right? I mean, yeah. cross training. Anybody who knows anything about biomechanics is going to tell you cross-training has benefits. I you mean, know, just yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, you know, there's kids who only they, they think they're going to get recruited just by playing in high school. And I, I had a conversation with a kid yesterday. I said, listen, you're playing four months out of the year. What are you doing the other eight months? Because let me tell you, the kids who are getting recruited maybe along with you or instead of you are using that other eight-month long period to get better. Yeah. So if you don't you're missing out. Yeah. Like you've right got to, you've got to decide what you want to do. doesn't mean uh you're going to play ice hockey 12 months out of the year, you know, like depending on where you live, you probably aren't. But yeah. um, you know, on the other hand, you got to do something. I mean, you got to keep developing physically. What's your, and you got to have a plan for it. And it'd be good if it was healthy and you don't overtrain. I'm a big fan of not overtraining. Um, yeah. But, and I think injuries, I really wonder, I mean, you get a lot of kids. I I just did a, like a one minute reel about uh, what, what do you do if you get hurt? You know, what, what, what do you do? Like, do you just stop with your recruiting process? Yeah. And that's no, like if you get, if you have a significant injury, like an ACL injury, you need to make sure you reach out to coaches right then because that's where you still have video that's recent. Yeah of performances that are recent. You can say, "Hey, look, I just played here. I did this. Here's my video. Um I'm going to be out for a little bit. I'm estimate, you know, I think I'll be back by time X." Because the truth is, like college coaches don't love it when you get hurt, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, if I'm a college coach, I'm a lot more interested in what you're going to do when you show up on our campus than what you're doing tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that right? was like I was like, Brett... "You are going to be healthy."
0: Yeah. And I was like the Brett Favre story, like he went, I guess, or southern mississippi and the one guy said well did you see him before he got into a car accident and like you know then they uh, the green bay packers drafted him so sometimes you know because of an injury you are off the off the radar and you know not not to make coaches see it but just i, I want to wrap it up a little bit, david Th- thanks yeah. for your time and thanks for you know putting me on the schedule so if somebody wanted to reach out to you um and email you like what what's usually the process and like you know you have what's the what, what's like the packages. And also you have a, a couple other people in your, in your
1: organization as well. I, I do have some folks to bounce some things off of, but really when you hire a college athletic advisor, you're hiring me. Okay. Um, and you know, we do have a couple different packages. Um, our pricing is, uh, in flux right now, to be totally honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we try to be accessible. Anybody who asks gets a free half hour. If you email okay. me, call me, whatever, we have a thing on our website where you can say hey, uh, give me 3 college recommendations. And you fill out our survey and I'll give you 3 colleges that fit whatever you tell me in the survey. Yeah. And you come back and say hey, can I have half like I'd love to chat. Yeah. We'll give anybody a free half hour. You can also schedule on the website of, you know, a paid hour and you know, that's that's a little bit different, but my thing is if we can help you in an hour, honestly, I'm happy to help you and you're not my client.
0: Okay. <laughs> if you want yeah.
1: more individual than, you know, we have we do a, a called an impact plan, which is a five hour package. And then we have the unlimited, which is the full comprehensive. Most of my clients have a, a, like people you know who are college counselors have a college counselor, and then they refer them to me to help with the athletic piece as an mm-hmm. add on. Because I'm really, you know, if you're going to talk to somebody about kind of the nexus of athletics and academics, um, I think that's an area where I I bring a unique level of expertise.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, Dave, Dave, thanks for, uh um, speaking to me today, I'm sure that you're probably, hopefully this gets the right people to get a couple more clients, but I not want to, you know, my cousin, Megan, uh, you know, said you were the, you were the best. I said, I was going to interview her. And she like, you don't need me. You need uh, Dave Morris. I said, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that Megan said, says that. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know where you guys met or anything else, but I mean, Megan's, you know, I know her client list is full. So, you know, so I think that, you know, she's doing a good job too. So. Oh,
1: absolutely. No, I think yeah. it, it, it's a lot of fun, I and mean, you get to help kids. And so yeah, it's my play. Honestly, if a couple of people see this and they realize that they need to reach out directly to college coaches, not listen to the guy at the bar,
0: just... <laughs> well, I, I like it because we covered Arcadia College, Creighton Baseball. You know, University, uh, Texas and Michigan hockey. So it's just, uh, you know, you you definitely covered all bases. And like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of schools. Like you talk about Middlebury, the the, the little Ivy schools. I mean, they offer uh, up in New England. They offer a lot. I mean, you, you know, it's oh. good good academic schools. They got good sports. They got good alumni. And they, you know, they have uh, you know, after college, they have a good good network of of uh, um, you know find an right, alumni a year, absolutely. Yeah, a job. So, I mean, you know, d- definitely, you know, and I think that, you know, I have two kids in college. It's just, it's a scary process. And especially if you have somebody who's, you know, a kid wants to play, I mean, you know, and has the ability to play just, you want to make sure you find the right situation and, you know, academically and athletically. So. absolutely. I mean,
1: but, well, and And if you go through the athletic recruiting process, you're going to know your options in a way that the regular admissions front door type of thing just can't can't get you that information yeah you know you're going to know more about and also to me the regular application process makes me just cringe you know do a bunch of essays you live through this wait three months oh
0: yeah it's a, I mean and it's just like you know uh, the, the, the applications open up this day and you gotta you know it was an early decision early action um, you know, you know, like a reach, you know, your reach target. Uh, safety. Right, you're writing essays you know.
1: for like a dozen schools. If you're a recruited <laughs> athlete, right. like the coach yeah. will tell you right away, like, yeah, we can get you in or, yeah. Hey, we can't. And now, you know, and you don't have to wait three months or write six essays or whatever it is. It's, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of athletic. Like from that standpoint, people are always like, well, what if I'm not good enough or something? I'm like, well, it's never that you're not good enough. There's always a school for you, but, if it doesn't align with academics, you could choose just you know what I like where I can get in academically and the sports is important yeah. to me. I play club, whatever. But you know, going through that process is just going to give you so much more information and better information, and it it eliminates a lot of the time that gets wasted, in my view. Like, yeah, because you you know you want to well, well maybe Georgetown will take me.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. Well, listen, Dave, thanks for your time. And, uh, you know, I, I, appreciate it. I hope, uh, you know, a couple of years, uh, you know, my, my daughter's 13 maybe I could uh, reach out and you can have you come back on the show if I'm still doing it. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate your time and, and good luck to you and, uh, you know, continued success. Well, thank
1: you very much. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. really. All right. Thanks All right. for having
0: me. Yes. Thanks Dave. And good luck to you. You too. Thanks Dave for your time. You know, follow up the episode, you can contact him. Uh, if you have a son or daughter interested in college, interested in college athletics, he has a wealth of knowledge. I'd also like to thank my cousin, uh, Megan Houston Rose from College Solutions about us, giving me Dave's uh, information and setting up this interview. Uh, also, you can follow us on social media at Facebook uh, at Midlife Prices and also uh, on X and Instagram at Whalebones Whalebones with a Z. Look forward to another episode. Thank you for your support and contact me if you have any questions concerns or comments i'd love to hear from you have a great day